You're listening to Pixelated Audio, and today we have a Halloween-themed expansion pack. Welcome back to another expansion pack. Today we're doing kind of a special themed version where yeah. we're kind of going with a Halloween vibe. Yeah, Halloween is fast approaching. So we thought, oh, that'd be fun to kind of take just a whole bunch of random, you know, kind of spooky, scary, odd tracks and mix them all up. Yeah, a lot of them are really odd. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily uh, from horror themed games. Right. I mean, when we were talking about this, it was like... Hey, well, let's do let's do a bunch of tracks from games that wouldn't normally be, you know, yeah. like horror themed. Yeah, not that, like your splatter houses or the clock tower stuff like that. Yeah, like, like we did last year. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, so I, I actually kind of cheated. I went with some that are horror themed, but it wasn't mm-hmm. intentional. It just kind of yeah. happened that way. But um, yeah, so today we're we're doing uh, a bunch of tracks that are from you know like creepy moments in games or mm-hmm. horror themed games. There's a whole Halloween vibe around it, so. Hope you like some of the tracks. The track that just brought us in was Hydro One from System Shock 2 for Windows. It was developed by Irrational Games and Looking Glass Studios, published by Electronic Arts, and this track was composed by Josh Randall. Nice. It's a nice way to start off this episode. Um, I thought the track was 
very sinister kind of feeling. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's a creepy kind of fast pace, almost like chase. Like you're mm-hmm. being like chased through the halls of some evil mansion or something. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. Like the, the parts that are kind of slower, it feels like maybe you thought you got away and then like the killer jumps out again and you're like, oh no, he's right behind me. So, But I, I even thought that some of the... The samples sounded like um, almost like cats screeching, like almost like yeah, cats yeah, being yeah. tortured or something like that, which I thought, oh, man, that's really creepy. So. Yeah, I first was introduced to this game. Um, I went over to a friend's house and we played it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have it growing up. And so went over to a friend's house and I remember we, we played it late at night. You know, I was like staying the night there or something. I was in high school, so mm-hmm. I was easily scared <laughs> still. And now anyways, so I went over to his house and I remember it was um, it, it had just come out like within like a few days or mm-hmm. something. And we, we started playing it and. I remember it being really creepy, so I, I kind of went back and I was like, oh, man, I remember the music being really, just really freaky for this game. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a track that I picked out for, for today's show. It's not necessarily a, like an overly scary game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's meant to be a, uh, I mean, it is kind of like a survival horror in mm-hmm. a sense, but it's not meant to be like just super spooky. It's more like a fast-paced, like thrill kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And I, get, I got that from the music. It was kind of intense, a lot of up-tempo, and I really loved when, um, it would hit those parts where the, it would get almost kind of silent, and I was right. like, "Wow, that's that's kind of eerie." Um, right. So I thought the the pacing of this this track was really good between the the really intense parts and then kind of giving you a little bit of a break, but still creeping you out during that break. Well, there's something about that too, and I'll I'll tell you in a second here. Um, so Josh Randall, uh, aka Robot Kid, he was the producer of this game mm-hmm. for System Shock Two, and he was the producer of Thief. He's also the creative director of Harmonics now, so Guitar nice. Hero Rock Band. And when he was working at Looking Glass Studios, um, he was not necessarily just like a composer there. It was done by a few other guys. There's Ramin Jawaldi and Eric Brosius, who I think just did sound effects but um, and like some arrangement of, mm-hmm. of the audio. But uh, Josh Randall, he, he did some of the tracks in this game. He did some of the compositions. It's really interesting how it turned out because this game uses music dynamically. Mm-hmm. based on where you are in the game. Oh, nice. So this track is kind of a, a lie in a sense because this was pre-made for the, the soundtrack, but it is music from the game. Right, right, right. But it was kind of pre-programmed out. So the way that it worked is... Actually, let me back up a minute here. So basically, when the game was about to be released, there was like a month left in development, and they're like, you know what? We need we need the music now. We need to start making it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Josh Randall, he, he was like, okay, um, I'll put together some some demo stuff for you to play with and he, you know he's talking to eric mm-hmm. the the sound kind of engineer and the sound designer who did the sound effects and he created what he thought were just a few demos each a few minutes long and it was mm-hmm. you know these fast-paced beats and stuff like that and uh, so he handed them over to eric and eric grabs him and he, he chops them up into like little tiny segments like each four to ten seconds long mm-hmm. and then using the game's engine he made it so where in certain trigger points, the the new kind of loop will will start up. Mm-hmm. So these this track is a series of these little chopped up pieces that were that were essentially created by Josh Randall, mm-hmm. but put together systematically with the game's engine by Eric Brosius. Nice, yeah, yeah. that's kind of nice. He's almost like the the serial killer, like chopping up the song. But no, that's cool to, it's to see like right? a, a song that's interactive. I think that. Um, I mean, back in the, the earlier days, you could try to kind of fake something that felt interactive, but then to have the ability to make it interactive, especially for a horror theme game, I think right. they can just really up the intensity to where like 
the sound is triggered by you doing certain things to really impact the the player. Right. And it would just change dynamically like that. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool. And this was um, done in 1999. So it wasn't something completely new that, that right, it had right. happened in other games prior. But I think that it worked really well for this type of game, this survival kind of thriller. And uh, the game itself is a first person shooter. And it's more of like a role playing game. And if mm-hmm. you've played Bioshock, well, this mm-hmm. is it's kind of. You know, Bioshock is basically the spiritual successor to all the System Shock games. Oh, nice. And so it's it's a pretty fun game. It's got the same first-person view, and you run around, and you can upgrade stuff, and it's got that RPG element. But uh, I remember it being pretty intense and pretty tough. And I don't, That's it was pretty a, cool. It was a pretty fun game. I would say you can buy it on, I think, good old games right now, like GOG.com, mm-hmm. and uh, it's probably only a few bucks, but yeah, it's pretty rad. Nice. Yeah, anyways, you are up next, my friend. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to pick a game that's uh, a little bit more modern. We don't get a chance to play a lot of really modern tracks on here. So uh, I'm going to pick a track from the game Fez, and the track is called Death.
You just heard Death from the 2012 indie game Fez, developed by Polytron Corporation and published by Trapdoor, composed by Rich Vreeland, uh, who's better known as Disasterpiece. Disasterpiece, me and you have been listening to him for a mm-hmm. very long time. This track is, you know, to be perfectly honest, uh, it's not really, it's not what I would listen to on a day-to-day right. basis. This isn't something that I would put up. If I heard this, I'd be like, it's a little bit you off-putting. Can, it's a little depressing. Yeah. I think I'm going to flip it over to the next track. It's, yeah, you can kind of feel like that sunshine start fading and the clouds yeah, come in. So. Not really my taste. Yeah. But the things it does well, I, I do like. It does have a very eerie vibe. You know, I was thinking like, man, if we wanted to recreate this track, I just got have to go buy a lawnmower and you buy a lawnmower. And I'll set mine to like a high RPM. You set yours to a low. And then we'll record ourselves like three blocks down. Mm-hmm. And we'll have the same exact intro as this song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the there's a lot of things that this song does to kind of make you feel uneasy. I think um, uh, one of them is that kind of humming yeah. sound in the background. It, well, that's it, a lawnmower sound. Yeah. It, like it makes you feel kind of confined and like you're like you're being like squished into a box. Right. Um, I think that it also has a little bit of that classic, like haunted castle kind of feel with some of it. Um, right. So when when this came on, um, some of these tracks today that I'm going to play, I actually sought out and picked them. Um, this one was one that kind of came up a little bit randomly. Uh, I haven't played through Fez. I've played a little bit. And it's a very disorienting type game yeah. in general. But I thought it was interesting that it it has this cuteness to it when you first start playing, and this song is very. Um, not what you would expect. Right. I, no, I mean, I, I like this game a lot. It, mm-hmm. Like you said, it's disorienting. I, I haven't played it to completion. Um, I've put some time into it and early on when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, it's not that I didn't like it to continue. I think I just had other things going on. But mm-hmm. this track, uh, I, I know that the soundtrack of this game is very, very well done. Yeah. It's it's funny that the first game we play from Fez, or the first track we play from Fez is this one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you know goes with the Halloween theme, so it's all yeah. right. You get a one free ticket today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, this game came out a little while ago um, on Windows and Mac, and now it's out on Xbox 360, PS3, 4, and Vita. Right. So that's how I have it on the PlayStation TV that I wanted to eventually get to. I've been kind of, I went through Limbo and stuff like that recently, yeah. trying to knock off some games that have just been sitting there for a while, but uh, still haven't gone through this one altogether. But uh um, Disaster Piece, I mean, he's got some games like Bit Trip Presents uh, Runner 2, Future Legend of Rhythm Alien. Um, so that's another one that's got an amazing soundtrack. Um, then some other games are like The Floor is Jelly, Monsters Ate My Birthday Cake, and uh, Gun House is but, a recent one. Right, so. but to be honest, like his, some of the, his best work isn't even video game related. Yeah, yeah. If you if you go to his band, I think it's Bandcamp page. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, on his website too, he has a lot of his music. Right, right. Like I, I've purchased all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just some of the stuff he does is just fantastic i can't believe like it's just so well done it mm. should be in a game but it's not yeah but, but the thing is like it doesn't need to be it's like very fun to listen to on its own yeah some of those tracks are like the tracks that he's done are just wow yeah and he's known as a chiptune artist right and but what i thought was interesting for this game is he really limited himself and wanted to do something a little bit different that's not as chiptune sounding so i thought that was really neat and this and like i said the soundtrack came out really really well yeah Anyways, so the track I'm going to play, so we're going to step back in time even more because we're going to go over to the Famicom and we're going to play a track called Ichiro and Mamiya for Sweet Home on the Famicom. Nice.
was a track from Sweet Home called Ichiro and Mamiya. It's a pretty creepy little track. It's hard to yeah. get the the same vibe across with like you know like early like, chip tunes. Yeah, yeah, early NES hardware and stuff. But um, this game is uh is is pretty insane, and the music. If if you know the the atmosphere that it's put in, it mm-hmm. becomes very very creepy, and nice. I think that that's what for me. I was I was listening to it. And I was like, man, this is this is pretty creepy, and I and I did play the game, and mm-hmm. so uh, even now more so knowing what's going on in the in the title made the the track even more, I, I think, kind of disturbing mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I thought when the track first started, it reminded me a little bit of like. Um, you know, like uh, Mario getting to like Bowser's castle and then the music kicks in and I, I didn't have that same feeling, but I thought it definitely s- things weren't going well for the characters in the game. Right. Like it's not a, it's not a happy sunshine spot, I'm guessing. So um, I thought it was very cool. I really liked the scales and that boom, boom, like in the yeah. background kind of thing. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Like the, the two different channels um, playing off each other, I thought was really neat. Right. Um, yeah. Really fun track. I really loved the, just like that chiptune feel of it though yeah no it, and it's hard like what we were just saying like it's hard to create that that spooky scary atmosphere mm-hmm. with uh nes hardware but when you can do it within the right context it does have a very dark feeling and uh this game is is very intense very yeah. very dark it was developed and published by capcom and it was composed by junko tamiya and she worked on a lot of other titles for Capcom. She did Commando, Codename Viper, Gunsmoke, Little Nemo, and the Dream Master for NES. She also did Bionic Commando for the NES and the Game Boy conversion. Wow. And then she's also done 1943 Battle of Midway and Strider for the arcade. She really knows how to use specific hardware. I mean, listen to like Codename Viper or Bionic Commando. Those soundtracks are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell she knows what she's doing. And I think when she was brought on to do this game, she had in mind what she already wanted to create. And that's why she was able to um, put out something that had a similar tone as the uh, as the game yeah. shows, I think. The game never came out in the States, though. It never came out anywhere but Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit hard to come by. It's a psychological horror RPG based on the Japanese horror film. And it was supervised by the film's director as well. Oh, wow. So it's got the same the same director of the film making sure, overseeing that everything is kind of going the way he wants for the game. And um, the game, though, is considered the main inspiration for Resident Evil. Oh, wow. That's yeah. very cool. It was meant to be Sweet Home Remake, according to uh, Computer and Video Games Online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of went off into its own thing. But I always thought Resident Evil was inspired by Alone in the Dark. Because it, it felt more like that style. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, if, if you look at the similarities, there's a lot there. Well, I mean, it's like you said, it may have started out like Sweet Home, but then completely went in a different direction as it got closer to being released. Or- right. And there's a few similarities. But let me tell you a little bit about the story. So it takes place in 1959. 30 years earlier, a famous artist named Ichiro Mamiya, he uh, hid several valuable frescoes throughout his mansion. And then he mysteriously disappeared. Mm-hmm. Nobody heard from him or anything. Back to 1959, when the game actually takes place, a small team of documentary film people Mm -hmm. go and they decide to check out this abandoned mansion and go find this artwork and, you know, film a show on it or film a documentary on it. And uh, as soon as they get inside, they're trapped. And a ghost appears of a woman who says that she's going to kill any trespassers Uh that that come, you know, into into the mansion. So the team splits up. Scooby-Doo style. I don't know why they would do that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And they want to find a way out. So they're yeah. they're splitting up. And it's a lot like Resident Evil in that sense. Right? Yeah, because in the first game, you 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 run to the, the the mansion and then you 
are trapped and then you because you can't go back outside because the dogs and then let's you split go up. look for clues yeah so anyways there's um there's a ton of monsters and structural traps and stuff like that because it's this dilapidated building mm-hmm. right and so there's a lot going on with this eerie mansion already anyways the story is really twisted man and the game featured random battles and so if a character dies in your party you only have you start i think with with five or something mm-hmm. like that if you if you die you you're dead you're out yeah so your team kind of like fire emblem or something right right except you don't get other team members yeah you're just you get smaller and smaller so if you have like a nurse on your team and mm-hmm. she's the one healing people and she dies and she dies you really have to find like health items to keep your to keep your party afloat wow basically yeah and um there's a lot of this really brutal and like disgusting imagery in the game mm-hmm. so like I was saying, it's an example of why it never came to the States, yeah. why it was never released in Europe, because it was just way too overboard for us Yeah. Uh, at the time. You know, we yeah, had, we so had much... very strict censorship laws. And then yeah. it seemed like around PlayStation time was when it really kind of let loose and you could have something like Resident Evil people being eaten alive and yeah. gore everywhere. But uh, yeah, this sounds really, really It's, it's a really twisted game. And so I was first introduced to it by a, a buddy of mine who um, actually a few friends of mine who um, was the creator of bloodless software if you you know nesticle he, he was you know nesticle was part of bloodless software anyways he uh he was the one that was like oh you got to check this game out it's so twisted and so i checked it out it was in japanese and i think there was an english patch at the time i don't remember how i played it mm-hmm. but i recently went back and started playing it because this game level design is fantastic it's um, it's amazing it's mm-hmm. great because you basically discover stuff on your own throughout mm-hmm. the game you discover all these story parts and i only really touch the surface of the story. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so much more to discover, so much more twisted stuff that's going on. Just kind of left me speechless after playing because I I recently went back and I was like, man, like this is, this is very well done. And I found a quote because I was curious what other people thought of this title. Mm -hmm. And uh, Destructoid actually did a little, little tiny article on it. And they said, let me find it here. It's, it's, this game is nearly flawless and it's, it isn't only one of the best JRPGs of all time. It's also one of the best games ever on the Famicom. Nice. So, I mean, just, and other people too said the same thing. Like this game is fantastic. It's, you know, you mm-hmm. have to play it. And, um, looks like I'm going to have to find well that English done. patch. And yeah, it's very play. well done. Anyways, it was a, it was a kind of creepy track, but now it even has more yeah, yeah. weight to it. Right. Well, I mean, in, in none of these tracks were intended to be heard out of context. I mean, they're, they're making these songs for specific parts and, you know, specific games and games are a very visual medium. So hearing any of these songs out of context right. is, is kind of weird, but uh, I can definitely see how, um, knowing the context of this, this track is right. just nuts. Yeah. Anyways, you're up, man. Okay, so I'm going to play a track from another game that didn't really make it here to the States. The track is called Brainwash from Pulse Man. Oh, nice.
You just heard Brainwash from Pulse Man, composed by Junichi Masuda. Good God, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, at first, like my brain started just kind of accepting it mm-hmm. in the beginning. I was just like, okay. Um, man, this is kind of hard to swallow. And then all of a sudden, like, I, what, two minute mark in? It's like, boom. Yeah, those like death boom. drums. And then are... double speed. And mm-hmm. it's. Yeah, I thought, um, I, I really like how the, the chimes start out in the beginning and they don't necessarily feel creepy at all and then that like there's that kind of deep bass beep that comes in and it really makes those chimes feel more creepy yeah Uh, it like changes the feeling of everything i think what it is is those chimes are in a certain key and the bass itself is in a different key and it's kind of a little bit flat from the that i I guess you can call it melody jingle Mm -hmm. thing and so it creates this really kind of discordant sound across mm-hmm. the song and it keeps it really like if you listen to it just by itself there's moments in there where i was like man this sounds like this the composer must have been like on drugs or something <laughs> yeah. like this doesn't sound like good at all yeah and then um you can see where it's going though mm-hmm. you can see like the the kind of theme around it and uh but actually why don't you explain the theme around it because i <laughs> it still left me in like with a big question mark yeah so this so this game it came out in 1994 and like i said it didn't really come to the states it kind of did so it came out in japan only in 1994 and then the u.s got it through the sega channel okay. which pretty much means it didn't come to the u.s it didn't come to the u.s <laughs> basically I'm a few you, people played it probably. i'm telling you my cousin had the sega channel yeah. and that was how i was exposed to it but i never heard of it outside of his yeah. house but the game did resurface in 2007 for the wii virtual console in japan and in 2009 it came to the u.s for the the wii virtual console so cool. um there are a few people that have probably played this um i have played it. yeah i have played this game i haven't played it um it comes up in the library all the time i love the artwork for it uh it just feels like a really cool like 90s um platformer which yeah. this is is it's an action platformer yeah no i mean that's exactly what you're saying is exactly why i played it because mm-hmm. i was looking at the title and uh, I was like, oh, man, dude, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. Just try it out. Put yeah. on. I only honestly played it for like 15, 20 minutes. But yeah. um, I think Project uh, 2612 or something like the the website mm-hmm. used this as one of like their logos. Oh, and, nice. And nice. I didn't know that at first. And I was like, oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah. All right. No, it's it's a very cool looking, uh, very cool looking game. It feels kind of Mega Man like. Right. And it actually even shares a lot of uh, Mega Man-ish themes to well, the, he looks the game. like pretty identical to proto man yeah he feels a lot like a proto man so even the story is it, it's like a it's a weird version uh it feels very weird compared to Mega man but so basically um the game takes place in 21st century where a scientist and computer engineer um, doc yoshiyama creates this really advanced ai system called sea life and he puts it into a female form and then the doctor he actually falls in love with it and then he he digitizes himself and upload, uploads himself to the computer's core and they eventually make love. And so they birth... Sweet, sweet computer love. Yeah. So they birth a half-human, half-sea-life boy called Pulse Man. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, he's, so he's half-human and he's half-AI um, system. Okay. Uh, so it, think of it as like a weird 
Mega Man is like if you know like Doctor Light was like, like fell in love with Roll and then like created Mega Man was like, like a his very child, bastardized but, Mega Man, yeah. So, but what becomes kind of cool is that uh, Doc Yoshiyama he spends too much time digitized in the computer world, and when he comes back, his his brain is kind of warped, and he creates this new program called Eureka, which allows sea life beings, uh, so these AI beings to materialize in the real world okay so then what he does is he creates a gang um, called the galaxy gang and they basically become cyber terrorists so pulse man comes to the real world to save it and he basically has to hunt down his father so i was like Dude, that's actually a pretty it, that's a pretty sweet story actually. yeah i mean in, in the soundtrack to this game is really good that's why i know this game yeah is because of the soundtrack that's yeah a, i mean i would love to just play reason. All, all these songs um so it's it's Interesting. And then when I found out that the game was developed by Game Freak and published for Sega or published by Sega, I was like, wow, this is like the people that do Pokemon. This game is so weird. Yeah. But this is this, you know, predated Pokemon. So, right, right, right. Um, which which is kind of neat because a lot of the, the people that worked on Pulse Man, they moved on to work on Pokemon. So they, they, they started on the Pokemon series. Interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of them kept going. So it's such a weird, perverse kind of start to a story and so, then uh you right. know kind of progresses into this really cool action platformer and like i said this was for the mega drive and um it you know did really you, well you like, know we're doing an episode on this eventually yeah right? i would i would love to do an episode yeah. on this so because this game was also received really really well so ign loved the game and they praised it for its graphics and said it was one of the cleanest most crisp most attractive platformers on the genesis ever so i was like wow that's really cool that sounds really good so um i mean and it's just it's just a really cool game so yeah it's interesting track i was thinking like out of all the tracks in this game why did you pick this track and then i thought oh yeah this is the halloween themed Mm -hmm. i get it now (laughs) yeah i get it now there's the the soundtrack is amazing go check it out i mean it's it's pretty good i'm sure there's go to youtube i'm sure it's on there yeah there was a few tracks i was actually kind of debating about picking for this one for, that would fit into this episode. So there's a very creepy vibe to this game. I'm right. sure not all of them are, are like that, but it, I mean, there's just a lot of fast paced, really good stuff. So yeah, it was a, it was an interesting track. Let's leave it yeah. at that. Anyways, <laughs> I guess it's my last track today, right? Yeah. We're keeping it short today. It's only three picks each. Um, so I'm going to pick a, a, a track or I picked a track from a game called space Hulk. And the track is Hulk two.
right, welcome back. That was Hulk 2 from Space Hulk on the Amiga. Four blissful channels of Amiga love. Yeah, it's so good. It's it's kind of a, a running theme, I think, now. it's yeah. it, We're going to have one Amiga track every expansion pack. <laughs> it just happens. I, yeah. You know, I was like... I'm a huge Amiga fan, Commodore 64 fan. It's going to be yeah. one or the other that it's going to pop up. I love NES. I love Super NES, Genesis. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan. I'm yeah. a big arcade, Neo Geo, but Amiga is just, there's some sweet spot about the audio mm -hmm. that I have just always loved, and it oh, just yeah. pops up. Me too. I think last expansion pack, I played an eight-minute long, <laughs> <laughs> an eight minute long yeah. Amiga track. So, yeah, that was I mean, good. It's so good. So uh, Space Hulk, yeah, this, this track is... I don't know. Do you, what do you like? Do you like it? Uh, no, I've, I loved it. Um, I think that it definitely, the beginning of the track, very much fit with the theme of this episode. Right. With it, it was very creepy. There's a lot of really cool uh, samples and sounds that were going on. I really like how it had, it was just a very odd sound to me. Um, it also felt very kind of Shimagami to me, which I love the music to that. I, it has that kind of like weird um, noises in the background and the heavy drums and stuff like that but then it kind of breaks out with all the the pitch bending and all the arpeggios and stuff like that and i mean that's one of my favorite things about the amiga i mean that's that's one of my favorite things about any sound from the 80s and 90s is right. the the pitch bending and the the arpeggio so i think this track was was excellent yeah no it's the game came out in 1993 and my, my first exposure is, so there's a lot of Amiga games I didn't get to experience. Mm -hmm. I had very, very few uh, when we had an Amiga. And so uh, not a lot of people I knew even had one. Yeah, I didn't have and one. And so it, my dad was in the computer, so it just happened to be that we had that. We had a Tandy. We ha we had a bunch of stuff, a mm -hmm. bunch of like old, like, um, it was just a weird time in my life where I just had so many weird electronics that mm -hmm. nobody else had. And I yeah. had these very niche games. Anyways, I did have a friend that had this game. Nice. But he had it for DOS. So it was released on Amiga, PC88, and DOS. And uh, my first exposure was, his name is Jeremy Johnson. Not relevant, but he was a really <laughs> yeah. cool kid. I don't even want to throw out that credit there. He's exposed you to this. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder what he's doing today. He's probably <laughs> playing DOS games. Um, but anyways, I stayed the night at his house when we played this game. It was really creepy. Mm -hmm. um, 1993, so... I was in a uh, grade school then, and, mm -hmm. and this w was just a really intense game. It's it's interesting because it's a real time strategy, or it's like a tactic game. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about this game is you strategically place your squads. So it's based on a Warhammer for th uh, forty thousand game, mm -hmm. and it's it's basically a board game version or a, a video game version of the board game. Okay. And so what you do is you strategically place. So imagine like yourself in like this hall on a grid, and you have like a toolbar and you can kind of move your troops around and you place them where you want them to go mm -hmm. and then so that's a mission and when you hit go you go into first person view and it shows that everything that you set out in mm -hmm. the in the kind of board game element it shows it in first person so it shows you creaking through the hallways and like labyrinths oh, wow, and stuff cool. and, and going in and it's it's a really fun fun game and i remember playing with him we were just so scared you know as kids mm -hmm. i mean i was a little bit older then but it was still scary you know playing this on a you know uh 320 by 240 monitor you yeah. know vga i mean it was still scary to us and it was uh it was really cool and i was thinking like what kind of scared me growing up mm -hmm. space hulk was one of them and i couldn't remember i knew it was space something and i was thinking mm -hmm. like what was it and i looked dos space 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 and i finally found it i was like oh Oh my God, Space Hulk. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I found that Amiga version 
and I was like, oh man, this is this is excellent. The game itself is mission based, so mm-hmm. you're, it's you protecting like the human race against a bunch of invading aliens. But uh, there's some really gruesome scenes. So like, if uh, one of your soldiers dies, it shows like the alien over his body. They wear these huge suits, mm-hmm. like these huge like mech suits, almost like a like a Bioshock kind of suit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it shows like the the top off the helmet on the ground and like the soldier's head just like slaughtered with blood all over. Oh the place. man. It was it was really like graphic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a it was a cool game. That's cool. cool. No, I love when games would do some type of really cool death animation. I mean you see it in a few games now, but uh, I really remember it from like Resident Evil, stuff like that. You die and yeah. there'd be a specific death cutscene for right. for that or um I, they do it in like um the Arkham series and stuff like that. If like you're on a penguin mission and you get killed, the penguin will come. But it's 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 cool. I mean, it sounds like a very cool game, especially yeah, cool. since you kind of you, I, you plan it all out and then you have to like watch what you did. I think that's. Pretty I nice. really think you should go back and play this. I yeah. think you should go try it out because you know after I was kind of researching it for for the the show, I was thinking like, man, I I got to go back and play this. Like mm-hmm. this was really good and uh, yeah, it's it's excellent. The music was fun. It was composed by Jason Whiteley. Mm-hmm. And he's done a few other Amiga titles. He hasn't done a, a whole lot. He did Desert Strike, Return to the Gulf on the Amiga, oh, wow. John Madden Football, and Road Rash. So he did those conversions. And they kind of have their own soundtracks, too. Yeah. So I think there's some inspiration from the other original composers. But uh, he, Yeah, because we has, actually played uh, two of those games in a previous expansion pack yeah, with right. Kevster. He had right. picked uh, uh, you know Desert Strike and a Road, Road Rash, Rash track, track, but yeah. it was from I believe the SNES and the Genesis. So. Right, right, right. But his versions are are cool. They're yeah. really well done. And uh, other than that, I don't know a lot of stuff that he's done. I couldn't find much. But the game was um, developed and published by EA, so they probably had a bunch of people coming in and out and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. That's awesome. But anyways, it's your track. Last track of the day. Yeah, I have a, a special one. It's a it's a game that you and I discovered kind of accidentally and, and fell in love with. But before that, I think we should probably get into our plugs. Um, yeah. And then we'll get into the track. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, if you guys like the show, uh, you know, let us know. Uh, you can find us online at pixelatedaudio.com. All of our show notes, track lists. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. You you name it. Yeah. I, we we even started putting stuff on youtube yeah so yeah and like always if you're new to the show make sure to check out some of our past episodes uh we did a castlevania bloodlines episode which fits with this kind of halloween vibe um excellent soundtrack yeah we even have we even have a halloween themed episode from last year to check out which has got a a ton of amazing games i think there's like eight or more games in that episode we kind of went overboard with (laughs) that yeah so james let's talk about this last track all right, so the the game is called Dark Seal, and you and I were oh my god, yeah. and, uh, okay. <laughs> we uh we were, wanted to play a random arcade game, and, and we popped it on, and I think we were just wanting to be just beat an arcade game. So we played this actually at Extra Life, right? Yeah, Extra yeah, Life, a couple of years, which ago. is which is coming up. But make yeah. sure you guys check the website for the donation link if you guys want to help us out or if you want to join the team. Yeah, I think it was like two or three in the morning. And because it's a 24 hour gaming marathon. So uh, you and I decided, oh, let's We're, pop on yeah. some arcade games. And um, we just, I think we let it randomly pick an arcade game. And this was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. We started playing it and the music was nuts. It was the, crazy. the game was fun too. Oh, yeah. We so, had a good time. We went all the way through it. Yeah. Yeah. And we beat the whole thing. We were probably just super in, excited. And, probably put in like a thousand credits each, but yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. So the game came out in 1990 for the arcade. It was developed and published by Data East, composed by Hiroki Yoshida, Tatsuya Koichi, and Kenji Mori, uh, which we've talked about all these guys before. 
Um, with Yoshida, you have games like Heavy Barrel, Double Dragon, which we talked about in our Double of, Dragon of episode. Robocop, Bad Dudes, Two Crude Dudes, Joe Mack, uh, Caveman Ninja. So he's got some pretty <laughs> awesome games yeah, to his yeah, credit. Yeah, totally. So uh, Koichi has Chelnov, Atomic Runner. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that uh, we've great. mentioned that game before, too. Oh, yeah. Um, we've got uh, Ack Fancer, Cybernetic Hyper Weapon, um, Two Crude Dudes, Super Burger Time, Captain America and the Avengers, Joe and Mac 2, Lost in the Tropics. So that's some pretty cool games as well. And then we have, for more, we have just a few games. He only, uh, for his credits, I only saw Act Fancer, Cybernetic, Hyper Weapon, and Dark Seal. So he didn't have a whole lot of credits. But, I mean, the music to this game is really, really good. Yeah, I remember was, a, was fun. a specific part where the music just kicked on and we were like, whoa, like... This is really good. Because we, we had already started the podcast, actually. No, we hadn't yet. I, I don't think so. Because this was two years ago, the two, two like, extra Right, ago, right, so. right. So we were listening. We are like, man, if we ever do a podcast, like, mm-hmm. we got we to gotta do this. We got to do this game sometime. Awesome. Yeah, and, and every once in a while, we, we talk about this game. And we're like, what's that game called? And it's like oh, Dark yeah. something. And then it so comes on. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to check this out for this episode. And there was a great track for that. So... Um, the, the track that I picked is called Life and Death Crisis. Awesome. So, so we're going to check that out. And thanks for listening. And yeah. We have a new episode coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Actually, next week. Yeah. Because we are going to release a special episode on uh, Halloween. Yeah. Actually. So basically one day earlier than normal. Than our normal schedule. Yeah. There's a lot of other good stuff out there, too. If you uh, want to hear some Halloween stuff. Um, definitely pixel tunes just released a, uh, Castlevania handhelds episodes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It, the Halloween season's always fun. You mm-hmm. know, the Christmas it gets really hard because there's not a lot of Christmas video games. Yeah. You know, you could pick ice levels and stuff like that, but that's no fun because everybody hates ice levels. Yeah. And, uh, but Halloween is always fun because there's mm-hmm. always these crazy horror games. There's menacing soundtracks and, and a lot of, uh, fun stuff. So give the other shows a listen. Uh, if you want to hear some of our old stuff, we already talked about our, our Halloween episode from last mm-hmm. year that's available but check out uh, our our feed in the next week and uh, you'll find something new yeah. yeah anyways yeah so once again the track is called Life and Death Crisis from Dark Seal on the Arcade <laughs>